You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale Gang. Hello, Riverdale Gang. <laughs> Welcome to, in fact, Riverdale Gang, the critical commentary watch-along podcast of the show Riverdale, recorded here on unceded Tsleil-Waututh, Musqueam, and Squamish territory. That was stolen by white people. As was none, as we do. As is ongoing up at the Wet'suwet'en land crisis, as well as in Stolo territory with, and the Squamish territory in particular with today's uh, Court of Appeals ruling. Canadian politics is deeply horrifying, but also much more mundane and bureaucratic. So it sounds a lot more flat to say it. Yes. But it's real bad. But anyway... Today is also the acquittal of the 45th president by the Senate for impeachment. We all saw that coming. It's fine. Yep. But but anyway. Hi, I'm Ryan. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chloe. This is a show about a pop culture television show of melodrama. Uh, um, we just can't help but being a product of the circles that we're in. Yeah. Sorry. In, in brighter news, I've been casting Marvel burlesque shows. It's true. I'm in it. You're one of them. I am. Yes. I'm going to be Baby Groot taking his clothes off. Can you believe it? No, I can't either. I mean, Trixie Hobbes' Baby Yoda is still one of the seminal, awkward, hilarious, delightful nerdlesque numbers that I've enjoyed watching. Here's the cat. Also, my um, living situation might walk through the door at any moment. Besides the cat. Besides the cat. Anyway, hi. We've been drinking beer with this episode because yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Um, wild. Mixed feelings? You can't see it, but I'm making the cat dance. Mixed um, feelings? So here's what, I, feelings? here's what I think I didn't love. Yeah. Well, about the plot. Yeah. Which is... That we had an entire episode that didn't really build character. Mm. Ooh, my landlord mm. just dropped something upstairs. <laughs> um, that revealed t- one plot point. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Slowly and adjacently. Yeah. That kind of like side pivot yeah. revealed a plot point. Like incidentally we got a clue. While unrelated wild things happened again yeah we're back in some wild wild territory i just had a realization which is i will try to remember the final shot of this Mm -hmm. episode um which i will come back to but i was just reflecting on the fact that i I really like slow television Mm -hmm. by and large um i'm a big anglophile when it comes to television not really when it comes to much else, but definitely when it comes to television. Right. And um, one of my favorite television shows ever is Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, the original mm. one. And I think that a lot of people would watch it and be like, nothing happened. But a lot happens in every frame, even when there's no dialogue, even when there's no business. A lot occurs. And... Um, in this episode of Riverdale, not that I would necessarily think that this show is aiming for the same kind of, like, um, uh, certainly not aimed at the same kind of audience, but not aiming for the same kind of 
um, purpose, I guess, is to show like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Prestige, um, artistic. It's not even political, it's, historical it's, commentary. It's not, about, it's not about all of that. I mean, I mean specifically about pacing. It's not aiming mm-hmm. at pacing like that. Yes, okay. Um, perhaps all those other things too. Um, <laughs> but I guess what I'm getting at is, I nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened in this episode. Mm. Like it was very full though. <laughs> But not yeah. necessarily in every frame a picture kind of a way, but a little bit more of a speed racer. Oh no, kids, we're dealing with the, the, this problem, and he's back, and he's back, and he's attacking. Oh no, well, we've got him in jail. The feds are on their way. Oh, but what's this? Yeah. Also, P.S. Nick St. Clair. P.S. Sex tapes. Warnings. P.S. Plot point right at the end Reve- of the episode. Revenge porn for good by our favorite people? Question mark. Also... I am not interested in seeing pop culture television right now that does not credit women who report on abusive men. Yeah. I'm not into it. Don't do that. Yeah. That's Don't. that's just... It's fine. Like, yeah. yeah. If you're going to do something like that, then you need to find the nuance that talks about... Like, I wonder if this thing with Nick St. Clair was to sort of excuse the plot point that they're... Like they realize, we're doing a piece that's all about false accusations. It's just a bit tone deaf. I'm not saying false accusations don't happen. They do. They Mm. are rare. They are amplified in media representation Mm. and dramatized and romanticized in some rather intense ways alongside um, very sexist propagandist norms. So like one needs to tread carefully when creating that fiction. Um, question mark, treading carefully. Yeah. This, this, this episode weirdly pushed a bunch of lines on a few fronts. Like, I feel like there were a lot of potentially a little bit controversial plot lines and a lot of plot, a lot of plot points introduced that I don't quite know how comfortable I am with the, um, the full reality created. That said... I am choosing to believe for until they pop the, this bubble that we're just Kevin is a sex worker now and he performs in tickle porn and I mean ethics of but Nick St. Clair but also yeah. but maybe this is just a side hustle and him and Fangs are profitable businessmen and both 18. Yes. So I also want to address the fact that a lot of people are going to hear our feedback and be like, "Ah, yes." Here are two people who need everything that they consume to fit to their moral standards. Oh, yeah. That's, Frequent problem. That's not how I feel. Mm. How I feel is that revenge plots for sexual assault or plots where vulnerable young women are lying and manipulating men who appear to be innocent um are tired Mm -hmm. and they're a bit boring and they're not fair Mm -hmm. and this show has been clever in some regards in dealing with other touchy subject matter touchy in scare quotes Mm -hmm. and i'm really disappointed Hmm. um the, when you put it like that, Chloe, I'm reminded a little bit of conversations we've had about um, uh, approaches and issues like queer baiting, um, mm. burying your queers, um, these recurrent problematic tropes 
that might in any individual standalone case not be a problem, but are a pattern and uh, a median yeah. art pattern that is um, prevalent to a point of um, biasing and um, impacting perception and reality. Our, the stories we tell often make make big chunks of reality. Yeah. They're the, they're the scripts we have for reference. And when you have... Off the top, you know, off the top of my head, I can list a dozen stories about where where the question of a false accusation of sexual assault is a plot point of some relevance. Yeah, um, that's that's a lot. I can't list that many stories where a sexual assault case is resolved justly. Right. Actually, off the top of my head, um, so you know what what world are we modeling here? What world are we building, and who? What biases are we reinforcing? Ugh. Yeah, I think that's more what I'm getting at. And you know, this show is aimed at teenagers, and I worry about the youth. You know, oh, oh. um, so that that informs part of my opinion. Um, I do also, um. I do, I mean, I, I'm i thinking of moments where um, plot points that I don't think are, like, great mm-hmm. in in terms of, like, what my values are have really, really served a story. Mm-hmm. Um, get ready, there are going to be some angel spoilers. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Fast forward okay. if you need to. Uh, the show's about, old now. Fast forward about five minutes. Fast forward about five minutes. Uh, when Fred dies, or when Fred turns into Illyria, mm-hmm, you probably have no mm-hmm, idea what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. No, no, I've seen. Oh, have I've you seen, seen enough of it? Oh, I'm sorry. Enough of it. Um, that could very easily fall into the trope of like woman dies in order to advance man's plot. We see this all the time. Classic fridging, it's, if you will. Yeah, fridging. Yeah, you could construe this as like the character being fridged, <laughs> but it was so good for the show. And it was so good for the actor to have something else to do other than Fred. She'd been playing Fred for seasons. And what happens is she becomes possessed by this demon who just, like, eats away at her soul and, like, takes over her body. Cool, cool, cool. Yep. And um, watching this actor get to be Illyria was really, really fun. Mm-hmm. And watching her dynamic uh, with the... Um, with the man who had been in love with Fred hmm. was like really incredibly painful. And Illyria went on to serve the story in other like comedic ways mm-hmm. um, and some very tragic ways as well. And so I would like, there was a disappointment and honestly I like, I loved the character of Fred and I was just so like, I couldn't speak to this. Show. I didn't watch another episode of Angel for like a whole month. I was mm. so mad, <laughs> but it, I really do feel like it served the story. Okay, um, great. And the the framing of this reference and and um, the Whedon Whedon canon. The Whedon canon. Whedon Whedon's canon. another problematic figure. Well. <laughs> um, is, that's that's is, a whole. Is, is that there, if you can really? It reminds me a little of it. In, in, speaking in terms of tropes, mm-hmm. it reminds me a little of something Octavia Spencer said. Mm. Um, she obviously she played a maid in um, the Help, 
and she was seen she was in an interview and someone was asking about the problem of black women being cast as maids and black women being cast in the same character over and over and over again Mm -hmm. and she said well i don't mind not playing another maid i don't mind playing another maid i just need to play a better maid than the last one Hmm. it needs to be a better role and a better character needs to be more interesting and i guess what i'm getting at is and obviously these are different tropes they have different cultural implications um, but I guess what I'm getting at is if you're going to use a trope, mm-hmm. like a problematic trope, a problematic as we've trope, listed many, as there are, we all know many examples. Yes. A problematic trope, like a woman manipulating mm-hmm. older men, mm-hmm. a young woman manipulating older, a child, illegally a child manipulating yep. older men yep. and lying about them yep. and causing, causing them to die is how is this being presented right now. Yep. That may change. Um, you better make it good. You better justify it. And right now, all I see is a tired plot mm. uh, from a show that, like, I know knows better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Thank yep. you for listening to my TED Talk. I so mm. appreciate it for tailgating. <laughs> <laughs> the things we'd have to, like, frantically text each other at odd hours if we weren't just doing a podcast responsibly. True. Oh, a mutual friend of ours has recently picked up Riverdale, and I've been just receiving, receiving the best live stream texts. Like, did Betty's mother just kill someone? Which time? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's my that's my take on the Donna's story. Mm. The other thing, okay, so the, with the queer characters, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, I like almost wanted to be on board. Yeah, but maybe we'll get to that. Yeah. How are you feeling about this episode, Ryan? Conflicted. Conflicted. Mm. Um, not enthused. Um, technically impressed. They packed a lot of fairly dense, fairly mm. rapid storytelling into this episode. Um, I thought it was a fairly well-made episode. Um, mm. Better better scripted than last week, I thought. Oh, yeah. But with, with some similar ensemble problems. Mm. Or, and, some dif- and some different ensemble problems. Um, like, we were snapping between such disparate plot lines i didn't i didn't get a sense of unified theme here like i didn't feel like these stories were being used in concert they were just progressing in clunks as was chronologically present um they weren't impacting or affecting each other or really you know uh, other than standard baseline editing cuts Mm -hmm. um yeah there wasn't anything terribly they didn't feed each other. Yeah. Um, so as an ensemble episode, this wasn't the tightest. Um, we're still scattered across the chessboard a little bit. But I did f- I did enjoy seeing these characters. Um, unlike last episode, that felt extremely mechanical uh, and extremely unnatural. At least um, everyone had some re- something to react upon. Something surprising or shocking or... Yeah, that's a good um, way of putting it. Um, uh, uh, more intense than the the very mechanical um, movements of last episode. Hmm. And the the unmotivated movements of next episode. This episode did have... Um, some motivation. Some, some motivation totally. some, that pushed it along. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. And, you know, it's interesting. As I was listening to you talk, Ryan, I was thinking about how mm-hmm. our, our, our mm-hmm. like, our collectively, as in they collectively, you know what I mean? You mean like all y'all? All y'all. The yeah. gang, Riverdale gang, who, however many of you aren't bots. 
<laughs> um, I don't even so much mean that as like our as in our like culturally our. Okay, zeitgeisty. Zeitgeist. Okay. Our uh, main rubric, I think, for judging television shows at all these days is um, how they fare in the court of public opinion. Oh, um, really? I, well, that's one I of them. Think, I that's, think so. I oh, think it's one of the main rubrics. Okay, it's not. It's not how I judge it, but I think no. it's how most of reality. You're right. It's how most of reality, yeah. including the money holding hearts, and tend I, to judge. And I was thinking while you were talking how a lot of being a fan of something is also being critical of it. Being yeah. Yeah, like I genuinely adore this show. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm disappointed with like the choice they made for Donna in this episode, but I love this show. And also, while you were talking, I was mm-hmm. thinking about how, like, we do- often don't judge a show on the rubric of, like, the cool fight sequences in this mm-hmm. in this episode. Or, like, the fact that every character, even though I didn't really feel like a lot happened, you were saying, like, every character reacted mm-hmm. from, or acted from motivation and reacted to something real. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What I find especially interesting about a show like Riverdale is that... Um, as they are referencing and drawing on this huge, this vast library of tropes of cinema, of um, of vintage and retro references, mm-hmm. um, and pop culture references, um, they are running this vocabulary gambit that means they're um, plucking pieces from so many different puzzles to make this colorful collage of a film that I'm... I give them points often for simply entertaining me with some good spectacle mm-hmm. when it's well Absolutely. executed. Absolutely. Um, and I, I, a, a great deal of what I, I like about the show best, some of the experimentality, um, some of the risks they take, mm-hmm. um, also necessitate some slumps and some hit and miss and some moments where parts work other parts don't quite work, for, yeah. at, at least for everyone, or for what I'm looking for as a serial weekly watcher, critically engaged, mm-hmm. I'm looking for tight continuity plot and and lasting momentum. That's not what every viewer is here for either. That's not how we're going to rewatch this, binging yeah. on Netflix or jumping around. Um, and that's not necessarily how your average on television viewer is engaging either certainly not so with so much focus and analysis to watch it twice in a row every week and then yeah. talk at length about it totally totally um yeah so it's what i like about the um the format and structure of riverdale is is that i do i do suspect even when it misses a lot it um offers a lot of very novel um things mm-hmm. to its audience i have to say this still it's haunting they both look really disgruntled, but also very handsome. I know I started the episode off by saying something silly like stupid white boy faces. Mm-hmm. But that's just because I'm salty at um, people who have power in our world today. Mm-hmm. And they both look so uh, handsome. We we can acknowledge how handsome they both are. Yeah. This is a good thing. Yeah. They're, they're TV handsome. They're TV handsome. That's it is true. a major part of... LA casting. <laughs> Is that people are handsome? Yeah. And very specific niches of seasonal fad handsome. But also big old charisma boss. Yeah. Like, 
they both wear their handsome well. We're looking at a still of um, Jughead and Brett, by the way. Yes. If, if you're very confused about yes. which stupid white boy faces we're talking about. Bless. Sean, if you're listening, I don't mean it like that. I, I, I do in the most loving way, the same way he <laughs> calls his own face punchable. Yeah, fair enough. That's range, baby. That's true, it is rage. All right, shall we jump in? That was a lot of preamble. I think so, I think so. We have a lot of feelings today. Politics big. Hey, Tazzy. Hey, Tazzy. Wow. Okay. That's a spontaneous bite of my kneecap. Tazzy, don't bite the guest's kneecap. Did we, like, tangle up her... I think we did. We tangled her up with our headphones. We're going to be apologizing to Tazzy for the rest of tonight, gang. Yes, we're just going to, like, not touch her for a bit and let her chill out. (laughs) Because she doesn't know what happened. Poor dear. You just feel a yank on your tail and it's weird rubber. Sorry. You no, know, I'm glad she bit my kneecap. That's that's a very fair warning sign. I guess All so. things considered. Okay, shall we uh, Netflix badoom ourselves? Yes, let's. Ready, sync up for Netflix or your PVR recording or whatnot, gang? Ready for the Netflix badoom bah. Bum, 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 bum. No, previously. No, previously. Again. Interesting. Honor, however. Honor, yeah, however. It's just, this is just, I, arcane. He, even he's not entirely sure, you know? He's like, it's arcane. So, shocker for me this episode was how much the duel didn't matter in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But that's par for the course with Riverdale, truly. Um, let's end on a cliffhangery, jarring note in a dramatic beat. Uh, hey, it's not at all what you think or, or anything. That co- quarantine. Oh yeah, I am the quarantine. Still bitter. That strange fake out. That strange fake out. Yeah, uh, I was expecting so much from that quarantine. I think I even posted about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um. This reminded me a little bit of that Firefly episode where, where Malcolm Reynolds is like, so what? Yep. When someone says sword to him. It yep. doesn't matter. It's like um, the comedic way to do a light, edgy duel. Yeah. It's just like someone's going to teach you. You're going to have your perspective characters. They just follow the formula here. Now, something I will say for this plot mm-hmm. is like the moment this guy started talking, I was like, I don't trust him. Bad news. And... I continued to have this, like, is there a problem or isn't there sort of uneasy, mm-hmm. unpleasant feeling until the omelet hit the fan, to quote, um, mm-hmm. God, who am I quoting? That really famous filmmaker who made some like it hot. He's really famous. Mm. He's dead now. Doesn't matter. Anyway. Um, the omelet hit the fan. But like this whole, like, I was just like, I don't know quite what's going to happen. And I'm nervous. Right. There was a tension built up. So kudos, Riverdale. I loved that part of this plot a great deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, um, yeah, this actor gave, despite being by every blocking directorial choice, a terrible assassin. He gave a good menacing vibe off right oh, off yeah, the top. Totally. He was a good one-off presence. I'm just yeah. going to take a quick aside during this bizarre, bizarre Veronica family drama mm-hmm. to mention that we were uh, we opened tonight with Brew Hall, Cole's Cole Story Bro Kolsch, Um and are now working our way through what is this? Um, Twin Sales local. 
con leche horchata style milk stout. They are so good. Vancouver is a blessed land for craft beer. It is. I'm entirely bragging, and mostly because what the heck, Veronica? Yeah, it's very uh, strange. The best, the, the most unifying thing I can find about this plot is bad choices, but so, not all of them, and not in any elevating or referential way. How many times does a thousand or a hundred go into a thousand again? Ten times. Ten. Ten so five thousand would be. 50, 50, 50 Benjamins. $100 bills. Mm-hmm. You know, I would do a lot to hold that much money in hard cash in my hand. If? Okay, bluntly. Blunt, please. Be, be blunt. If you could... P.S. The Betty Alice team in, yeah. this, in this episode. So great. You were saying. Sorry. Five grand of video? Is great. Like is great. Yeah, if that was actually the going rate, more people would do like, it. Kevin's attractive and all. Yeah. And like Kevin's more. Kevin is a, would demand a much higher rate than I for a large number of reasons. But you know what? Five grand a video. Yeah. To be tickled, I wish oh, yeah. low key fetish video paid like that. Like yeah. from everything I've read about about sex workers who do pornography like like it's much more to... of a like you know double penetration anal 250 bonus it's it's a much less generous field um and there are all sorts of horribly biased um rate variants based on what you will and won't do and who you will and won't have sex with and how much you will and won't work and like it's a huge industry yeah. And pros aren't getting five grand a video. I mean, they might be, but you have to become pro first. Yeah. Yeah. Point being. I, yeah, I yeah. honestly don't know. I really have no idea what the rates are for pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's the whatever they say in the weird fantasy videos. And then there's, um, yeah, I, like I, I don't know the range, but I know five grand isn't. Is above it. Yeah, it's definitely for... above it. I would like. I feel like if like like Kevin is essentially a cam boy in this situation. Yes, and cam workers rarely crack that kind of money. I mean, there are many cam workers who could be hired at a moment's notice for significantly less to do the exact same things Kevin's doing. Yeah. Like it's, but with without underwear on. Like it's a very strange paradigm. But get your money, bud. I guess. Yeah, get your money. So they just have the assassin over. Fifty hundred dollar bills. <laughs> it's a lot of hundred. I'd, I'd pay off a lot of art debt and buy a lot more art. Mm, sweet, sweet art debt. <laughs> I liked this partnership. I know I just rambled over it a lot. Yeah, this was fun. Because I feel like normally this would be Veronica, but Veronica was, like, with her gal pal in New York and then kind of with her own mom, which was cool. Doing that little bit of a forceful backdoor introduction to Katie Keene. Yeah. Which, okay, I'll watch it. Yeah. I'm I'm curious. Let's see what Ashley Murray does. That's really, really what I'm watching for. Ashley Murray was in a wonderful movie called, um, oh, man, Uh, A Woman's Name and Deirdre. Rob a train. Mm. I can't remember that the first name. Mm, it's on mm, Netflix. Mm, it mm, was mm, so mm. fun. Please go see it. So yeah. So sorry. I was good timing, Archie. 
Good timing, Archie. I mean, I was sorry. I was distracted suddenly because why would... I just feel... Deirdre and just... Lainey rob a train. Deirdre and Lainey rob a train. So good. So good. Um... Yes, you just feel about this fight about yeah, about I just Jason feel Bourne. Like it's well, it's not Jason Bourne because Frank would be dead already. Yeah, like Archie would have closed the door and it would have been, or this guy would have killed them both in the night. You know what I mean? What a bad assassin! He's not a very efficient one. No, certainly. Like, like there's there's there's. Wait, there's Sam Gamgee that Archie Andrews anyway. <laughs> plenty to be said about the issues of. Like, brutal violence, but, like, look, see, Fred's goes for the knife because that's, that's an efficient kill. Yeah. Like, even by the genre, this doesn't feel efficient. Yeah. They're not fighting at a high enough level to feel like it's lethal. Certainly the fights go on far too long for it to seem like he's even yes. punching for any, any debilitating blows. Love the vision's first shake kit, by the way. Yeah. Um... I guess what I, the other thing I found a little confusing about this plot was like, I, mercenary soldiers are real. Yeah. Private paramilitary contractor. Yeah. Those are real too. I, I guess I was a little curious about why it was being brought up and used mm. if the show wasn't going to take a position on it. Right. It's or a, yep. if the show wasn't going to explore it in more depth. Like the Innocence Project, they actually touched a couple of times. Or mm -hmm. um, the sexual assault issue that is explored in this episode. Yeah. They at least um, reference it with some awareness and verisimilitude. Whereas stuff like private military contractors, there are tens of thousands of American contractors and other nationals in the Middle East doing mercenary work right now yeah. on a lot of government contracts often and like that's a thing of thousands of people returning with violent ptsd from private and sketchy stuff yeah. and oversight issues and like huge problem but um i preferred how it was handled on a show like um one day at a time a lovely family sitcom oh i don't know that it's show. um mostly on netflix it was just renewed by another network recently um uh, and the, it's about a single mother who lives with her, uh, two children and, um, and her mother, okay. her grandmother, um, and, um, it deals with her past as a military nurse, uh, her PTSD, hmm. um, and private mercenary work is just something her ex-husband does, um, but it's not romanticized, it's not, you know, like Jessica Jones superheroed, it's just... He just comes back with more trauma hmm. and worse and less well and with some more severe mental health and addictions issues like it, it, the focus on the human side. Hmm. Um, it's it's something that's a little too real and contemporary to superhero up okay. with yeah. with for what I want. Yeah. To make to make it fully like a superhero background setting. Yeah. <sighs> it's good to see them sleuthing together. Yeah. Not a not a beat of skepticism, just like Skeet Ulrich putting was... it all together. Well, for a split second I thought he was going to be skeptical. Yep. And then I know it is like when the past comes knocking. It's like, "Oh, okay, right." <laughs> 
Remember, you remembered that you're in this universe, in this version of the world. Cool, mm-hmm, cool, cool, mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> Moving forward, wearing the serpent jacket or something at some point? I don't know. The verisimilitude here suffered for me as well. Interesting that they took a solid stance on Fred. I've been waiting a few episodes for them to just sort of like... Or not, um... For... Frank. 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 For them to just commit to a purpose. I don't know what that is yet, but they seem to have one in mind. So fencing. So fencing. Fencing's cool. Fencing is cool. I did it once. I was very bad at it. It's crazy hard, it's, right? It's really hard. Yeah. Um, I, took, I, I took like one Italian rapier class, which is just nerd fencing. And oh gosh. I am too frail. I would just die. Yeah. It is a really um, neat, interesting sport in a lot of ways. Because mm-hmm. I often wonder how deadly it is. Obviously, they have points mm-hmm. on their swords. Mm-hmm. But I often wonder how deadly it ever was, or if this was only really for settling this kind of argument. Right. If it's if it's fully the Taekwondo of sword fighting and was invented yes. as safe stabbing. Yes. Or if it has stronger roots in a more lethal version. I mean, I'm sure it has roots, but yeah, the sport, I don't know. Something to wiki later. Yeah. So, interesting little glimpse into Veronica's city world. I don't like or get or appreciate or understand what she gets from this conversation. Sorry, the cat exploded. Hazzy's in a mood. She gets time out. You're probably going to hear it. (laughs) I, I swear that she's worn this outfit before, eh? This outfit was cute. This montage did not hit for me because she's always dressed this well. There yeah. was there was a lack of special to to this yeah, sequence. Not for that me. one. Not the, that one. There was okay. it didn't sparkle. Yeah. It's just it's how she always dresses. Yeah. It interested me that the outfit on Katie Keene was a little bit more original, and I wonder if this mm. is mostly just a sort of like offset the or not offset but introduce rather the katie king character and that was sort of the main issue or not the main issue wow i'm really misspeaking i think the main point here mostly is generous i think i think any approach that this isn't a blunt force plot maneuver (laughs) is generous yes so this is a strategy that police stations would be totally kind cool with like great fine sting up in a boxing ring between two x mercs great no one's gonna have guns or knives or anything this is fine yeah so non-lethal like his plan is what beat the man to death repeatedly i don't know stabby stab messy stab He's not very effective. He's bad at his job. <laughs> like a bad assassin is yeah. layers of annoying. So this is all, these are all people in leather jackets, by the way. Okay. None of these are people in police uniforms. Okay. I wasn't so sure in the first pass through. Communal, communal justice of Riverdale. Cool, cool, cool. Like he still uses the public jail. 
for his gang arrest. My other question is, though, is do mercenaries have a code? Real question. I have no idea. Is there, like, a code of honor between mercenaries the way there is between people in the army? Real question. I'm not being sarcastic there. I don't think there's a unified culture. I imagine many organizations would use extreme training and brainwashing, um, especially given the very well-documented known psychological processes and influences of the U.S. military training system um, and working primarily with vet- veterans, I think it would be um, using a lot of a lot of fundamental psychology of, of cults, of social groups, of social psychology, um, not hard to build that internally, but um, I would be shocked if there was any consistency or overlap. Um, mm. You know, we, we romanticize the pirate code, but what we romanticize are select historical examples of what was a majority um, poverty-based violence that emerged out of the systems at the time. And um, a great deal of mercenary is not some noble calling between honored warriors. It's um, this broke vet with disabilities on a pain medication who has lost their VA supports. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not exactly your Bushido code nerds. And I don't doubt that kind of human would be very drawn to mercenary work or fields. Right. But once again, that, it, yeah, I don't put that much faith in humans. <laughs> I don't believe in the capability of humans to maintain or even write any consistent moral code. Yeah. Ask a human about the Constitution. Sure. Just paraphrase yeah. anything. Ask a human about the Boy Scout code. Like I probably know the Boy Scout code slightly better than the Constitution. Mm-hmm. What are the details? I'm, I'm Canadian and I think of these American answers. Yeah. Uh, anyway, hi, Moose. Hi, Moose. More gabies yeah. on screen. Or out proud by men with layers and layers of issues. Yeah. Also that. Gaby is once again a queer style umbrella collective term for gay youth. Gay youth. <laughs> Betty's like, excuse me. <laughs> Probably me too. Um, I did find it kind of interesting that Mr. Chipping, like, tried to get Moose to leave. Like, I didn't, like, I couldn't place mm-hmm. what that was about. Yeah, I likewise, I'm not sure the function and role of Moose here. Like, yeah. he was courted and then rejected. Was Bing, he a quill and skull? Cons- was he, was he a, a pledge at any point or a potential that they rejected? If so, Why? Based on everything we know about Moose, is a liter- would a literary club be stalking him like this? <laughs> like, he's not known as a writer, and they seem to be pretty fixated on Baxter Boys. Yeah. Um, do... I, I don't know why Brett isn't bringing up the fact that Betty has... Like, he has a restraining order on Betty. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is very illegal. Maybe also, it's because Duncan's dad's the sheriff. Maybe. Also, Alice <laughs> is an adult. Yep. Yep. And she is in no point in power in this episode. No. Which is fascinating in a lot of ways. Um, as Machinamic does. Mm-hmm. Like... It's interesting that she does completely follow Betty's lead here. 
Well, that says something about the relationship development. Yes. Potentially. Potentially. I hope. Maybe it explodes. <laughs> I mean, she does owe Betty a lot. She did just get her suspended. So foolishly. What was that look Brett just gave behind the door? What was that last look? Concern? Concern. Maybe? I think it was concern. Is he concerned? I don't know. Some kind of concern. What an enigma. He don't like Betty. He does not like Betty. This is all kind of Katie Keene intro, yep. I feel. So much Katie Keene screen time. Keene screen. She's fine. She is very similar to Veronica in a lot of ways. I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see what differ, differentiates the character. Um, her Kinsian. Yeah, at the plaza. At the, player, at the plaza. I, that, that's a big deal, right? <laughs> This is a stretch. The Jonas Brothers. The Jonas Brothers. You know, the Jonas Brothers have married really excellent women, by all accounts. Good for them. Yeah. I'm delighted by this wave of child stars, the ones who are doing cool art things and seem to be living healthy lives. Yeah. There are few. There's, there's a bunch of them who are, like, not crashing and artistically engaged. Yeah. It's really great. And even, like, a bunch of ex-Disney stars who are just talking about their eating disorders and and abuse and and getting through it. Yeah. Optimistic time in pop culture. 2020 will be the year of our best, our best celebrity selves as the world burns around us. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm ripping really hard because <laughs> this Katie Keen scene is offering me nothing. Yeah. Her they're they say her name so many times. Yeah. It's like I, I okay. Three times I was told by a radio producer once you want to say the title of your show three times when you have a promotional bit. Oh, um really? ideally five, but say the full name a minimum of three times over the broadcast. Interesting. Um, Katie Keene. Katie Keene. I thought it was seven Katie times Keen. that you had to hear a brand name before you bit. I don't know. That, I remember hearing that once. Yeah. When I was doing social media marketing for a little local film company. Yeah. Michelle meaningless. And, of course, what a strange resolution question mark. Yeah. This scene was good. Yes. Um, it does cast Tony in being a bit of a, a bit of a trauma guru, but yeah. I, I, and like just I'll take supportive it. role. I'll take it, I guess. Yeah. They, you know, a show remembering two or three seasons later, a sexual assault is progress. A whole lot of progress by many metrics mm-hmm. and treating it with sensitivity and vulnerability and like acknowledging that it can be an ongoing trauma that's progress yeah i also appreciate that the show showed the like ubiquitousness of this Mm -hmm. um like like tony's response immediately is yes same yeah yeah that uh, reflecting these conversations um amongst our generation it would almost be odd not to have some solidarity and sense. Yeah. O- awkwardly, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Good pajamas on Tony. 
it's yeah, it's nice to see them just having some intimate pillow talk and yeah. living their life and feeling their feelings. It's also satisfying to watch Jughead Jones punch punch Brett out. Mm. He, he takes a punch. Yeah. I mean, it, this wouldn't be believable if Brett won. Because no. Jughead has survived <laughs> an assassination attempt, essentially, by Penny. <laughs> yeah. A violent coup? He does go down quick, though. Like, yeah. I believe Jughead throws a good punch. He's very mm. practiced. Yeah. But that was a touch quick. These two um, uh, actors they've got playing the two Quill and Skull folks with, who don't have as many lines, Jonathan mm-hmm. and Joe. Joan, yes. Um, are Have become like the king and queen of like... Like looks, knowing looks, and like salty <laughs> looks, and like mm, ominous, ironic looks, ominous looks. Yeah, it's been uh, fun. This honestly <laughs> is scary to me. Like this is like my fear. Mm, just this this particular type of like, progressive so- total social, social bullying. Yeah, social bullying, social ostracization. I find really scary. Mm. You know, I've I've never found myself in a situation where I've have that particular dynamic or worried about that particular power the same way, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't come out to the university. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough. But, um, yeah. Yeah, the, like, anxiety Jughead is playing. This, like, Harry Potter book three, book two, sorry. Yeah. Two slash four slash... Basically until book six, and then he doesn't go back to school in book seven. <laughs> J.K. Rowling's trash, by the way. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, back to Machin. Back to Machin. This is an interesting sweater on Betty. I'm not sure about it. Two very busy sweaters in this sequence. Anyway. It's weird. It's weird the way they're just complete peers in this investigation, and I'm into it, but I can't help but worry it's foreboding some bad decisions of some yeah. sort. I don't know what's going to happen. On, I have like, to say, this little fight sequence is fun. This was well done. Again, a lot technically going on here. Yeah. Like, this is very Jason... I feel like this is leaning into the... I, I want to say the genre that Jason Bourne is. Yeah. It's leaning into that um, you know, gritty hand cam. We're, we're following with tight movements. Um the visuals, the type of fight, the throwdown, the really visceral type of um, beatdown fight. Yeah. And, yeah. This also looks like them doing most of their own stunts. Yeah. Which either is faked very well, or this is sort of a demo, bit of a demo reel opportunity for a young actor like KJ Apa. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, demo reel, obviously, like, he's going to have an easier time. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. It, like, he's building his CV in his, like, very specific, famous, access to really cool roles way. <laughs> That's I, what I mean to say. I would draw the comparison of um, Lily Reinhardt's performance as young Alice. Yeah, totally. Not quite as extremely, perhaps, but um, um, <laughs> in the look at this cool thing I get to do. Yeah. This exchange between... <laughs> Kevin and Archie is so good. Archie is like, just get me out of here, man. Ah, I love this. This school. Yep. He's not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> He's never going to be done yet. 
So he can lock, he can knock someone out against a locker, but he can't, like... Stab? Stab. Stabbing is an effective killing. Stab, yeah. shank him several times as you walk by, and he'd be dead already. If you had shanked him in that bathroom, if you'd wrapped... I've been watching too much Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the more efficient ways to kill this young man. Yeah. Doing this assassin's job for him. But even then, if we're in the trope, gouge the eyes, Archie, gouge the eyes. Yeah. Such a timely, sneaky arrival by Uncle. With a football trophy. This is a little too tight to breathe into a genre. I like the genre that they're yes. trying to create. It doesn't quite breathe. Yeah. And now for something completely different. And now for something completely different. Good outfit on Tony. I am conflicted by this <laughs> plot and outcome, and I can't take the joy in it that I want to. Tell me your feelings, <sighs> please, Ryan. I like watching this small cabal of queer youth take revenge on a rapist. I like that pitch. But they do it in a way that is just a little bit weirdly revenge porny yeah and it's just a little bit sketch and it's just a little bit of the real horror would be what if you were in a video with these two hot dudes yeah the real the horror would be the video with gay people bit of that yeah um peter buttigieg mayor pete whatever however you say his last name he's a terrible candidate by most metrics i hold to um, but I have brief moments of, of deep sympathy for him when, for example, he answers the who's your celebrity crush interview question as, um, I don't think I have one because there's no right answer for yeah. a gay man, even one of his privileged stature and centrism. Um, yeah. and I felt just a pinch of that in the threat that is the Kevin and Fangs video. Um, just the faintest bit that I don't know that it was intentional, but it's there. There is an element to why this is so drastic. A video of him with two women would not blackmail him. Nope. And that is an unacknowledged dynamic. Now, it is a lot of very empowered characters using their special skills and unique circumstances for this revenge. I wish I felt a little better about the whole thing. I wish I could have enjoyed the whole thing a little more. Yeah, there's a moment later where they're watching the video of him. Mm-hmm. Um, queer femme couple, uh, a broken up mass couple. Of business partners? Business partners now, question mark, but and like friends. And then they were partners. Which I find is a little more common among queer circles than among het circles. I mean, if I, if, it's one of those, if I was never friends with someone I slept with, yeah, well, exactly. God. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and I did have a mo. there was a, an energy that these four, apparently straight, maybe they're not, I don't know, pretend mm-hmm. to know what their details are. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, actors are, that are able to capture that felt kind of familiar. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I was like grateful for that, but same thing. It's like, it's almost like their special power, power is the ability to, you were talking just now about skills, and mm-hmm. yes, separately from what I'm about to say, they do mm-hmm. have many skills as character that suit them to this particular plot. Yeah. Um, but it kind of felt like their special power was like to embarrass stray people with their queerness. Gay cooties. Gay cooties, yeah. It's just like a 
problem. A bummer. So... And, like, periodically it's fun. Periodically, like, it is fun to be the person who's like, the heads are all uncomfortable because of me. But, like, not that often, honestly. It can be done in moments of power and confidence. This ain't it. Yep. Um, It's not acknowledged as a power dynamic, as a dynamic of power in play. Um, but it is used in ways that I think do play on some subconscious biases. Yeah. In ways I dislike. Yeah, absolutely. So, I wonder how many secrets Betty didn't find. Like, I gotta wonder how much weird stuff this club has that Betty could have found while she was looting the room. I mean, maybe we're going to go back to the room and open up that closet again. Well, no, but she went right to the right hiding spot is what I'm saying. Mm. Like, they have so much weird stuff going on. I, like, I believe she would find a whole lot more weird stuff in this room. Yeah, fair enough. It's so convenient that she immediately finds the brick that's loose that has all the tapes. More hissing cat. And that she knew the one place Brett had any control over. Because it was plot convenient in the one she saw. Just there's so much that's convenient here. Yeah, fair enough. This may be suffering as well from a touch of smush for time. Smush? The oh, smush, smush for time. Because yes. there are some big genres being smushed into this episode. Or loosely referenced. But they're big. You can't contain them. Yeah. You can't contain an assassin plot to a side story. Why is no one freaking out about this assassin coming after Archie? I mean, I know it's not new. So what room are they in now? Are they ba- are they still in the cool and skull room? They've just covered it in candles. <laughs> this the challenge I have, this I have to say was fun. Yes, this was a fun moment because of course this would be the thing that would upset Brett the most. Yep, throwing the game. It was a very clever move for Jughead, uh, and a very very well acted like big dramatic melodrama faces from both of these actors. Yeah, I I enjoyed. Their play off of each other yeah. and, and Betty in play here as this interesting three-point tension. Yeah. Because there is tension in the relationship. Yeah. But they're both, they unify against Brett as allies in a way that is slightly different than they were as partners. I also believe, I believe Sean, I believe how mad Brett is right now. Mm-hmm. He's just so mad. I'm so curious to see what horrible mistakes he makes next. Yes. Because I feel like he's going to do something rash. In response to this insult. He 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 he. Yay! Rashness. So was this just to cover a period of time where Molly Ringwald couldn't be there? Like, is Frank actually gone? I'm confused. I'm interested and confused. Haven't the faintest? Let's find out. Let's see where we go. Yeah. Um, I... Maybe we're into a dark mercenary contemporary timeline discussion. I'd be surprised. But okay, yeah. I'm track that we we can do some background or research on that. Sure, sure. That won't get us on any lists. <laughs> Ugh, okay, so do we lists? believe this is real? No, maybe. I don't I know. know. Whatever. Give him fake um, nondescript Parkinson's or. Uh, it's just odd. Like. Yep. It's just odd, and I don't. I don't know. I don't know about this. I mean, it manipulates her into doing the return to the family thing, so I never trust things that make Veronica do what Hiram wants. I suppose. 
my issue. Like, he's fine at using the truth for this stuff, but he also has made up every single thing in the show before and, like, kidnapped her boyfriend and put him in a fighting ring to the death. Yeah. Slowly watch him squirm and die. Um, Hiram's not a redeemable man. Correct. And we know this, right? Like, I think the show knows this. I think the show knows this, but sure, they're, gosh, they're dragging this out. And, like, I can only watch Veronica make so many bad decisions. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how I feel <laughs> I about know. this scene. Yeah. I, I mean, just creating a weird non-consensual three-way tickle video with someone. I mean, he deserves horrible things, and there's no system in place to give him horrible things. I guess this, you But know... this is, oh, it's a weird horrible thing to give him. It's a, it's a low-key offensive horrible thing to be horrible. Yeah. Good shirt on Tony, P.S. Yeah. Although, also, Great shirt yeah, I guess I just, like, this is, like, assault and blackmail is low behavior, and replicating mm. it makes me a little sad. Maybe? I don't know. Although, like... I feel like they could have found oh, a more unambiguously satisfying way to take vengeance and crush his ego. This feels like a blunt instrument approach. And, like, is this going yeah. somewhere? Is there a purpose of this? Um, I don't know how I feel about this as a single standalone that doesn't go anywhere. But I think that's what it might be. Because yeah. are we really bringing Nick St. Clair back into the game? I don't know. Yeah. Great to give some, Tony some screen time. I'll celebrate my wins. Yeah. Tony doing things. Yeah. I also don't really feel like, even though, I mean, I agree with you when you say that what's threatening about this for Nick is that he's in this video with two men. Mm -hmm. But, like, let's say a video like this had surfaced when um, Brett Kavanaugh had been on trial. Mm -hmm. This scene reminds me of being queer. It's weird. Yep. I don't see this in television very often. It's weird. Four queer people piled in a bed, all sitting a little weird, all kind of cozy. This is good times. Yeah. This is my life. I feel seen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's weird, right? It's rare. Yeah. And all problems aside, this scene gives me something. Yeah. So yes, if Horrible Judge Man had been seen being tickled by a bunch of teenage boys. I feel like it would have made him look ridiculous for about a week and then everyone would have kind of moved on. Oh, yeah. And he still would be in power. He'd still have... You know what I'm saying? Like the threat, the threat, even though it's, it's real, yeah, is not really all that effective. The threat is as powerful as his own homophobia. Yeah, but not actually terribly um, real world impactful. Um, yeah, uh, the pundit Milonianopoulos uh, is is an example um, that I would reference for real-world versions of um, gay sex scandal being a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was um, some scandal about him being affiliated or sexually assaulting a, a youth or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's an allegation, but there was um, improper conduct or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the specifics, but it was enough to tank him as a conservative pundit, mm-hmm. um, even as the token... The token white cis gay conservative pundit. 
who's leading the gays for Trump events ironically for for the lols um gays and he, he's been properly oh. thrashed as a commentator De- like he's no longer an influential influential human from having a book deal and the turning point was a queer related sex scandal right that is an entirely different Achilles heel that then exists for straight cis men. There right. is no weak point like that than these inherent biases. Right. Right. I totally hear you. Yeah. I also think it's very context dependent. Like, mm-hmm. as an example, there there's some famous televangelist whose name I can't remember mm-hmm. who um, was photographed having sex with a male prostitute. A male sex worker, excuse me. I very there are use plenty the of those. Very rarely use the word prostitute. Um, mm. And he, you know, um, atoned in church mm. and was given forgiveness. I'm using scare quotes even though you can't say that. I hate this sequence. Anyway. Yep. Um, Veronica Lodge. 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 Uh, we hate this. Um, and um, he, you know, basically maintained the same level of power that he did. Oh, yeah. So he was able to, like, absolve himself absolve again mm-hmm, himself mm-hmm. in the rules of the cis het world that he belonged to yeah um now what all of these i just i don't mm-hmm, know all these mm-hmm. things don't exist for the nick st Clair character like it would be so easy mm-hmm. for him to just like make this video never exist or like be like yeah these two gay guys like strapped me down and did something kind of messed up to me you know which would also be an admission of masculinity challenge and all that jazz but yeah i don't yeah. this doesn't feel like a real threat Except in the weird biases it pings yeah. in referencing. I think that that might be what's yeah. scratching me weird. Now then, this scene. Okay, this scene. Where's the last place we saw videotapes in this show? Uh, The, like, multi-season thing of videotapes being left to people's houses? Yeah. Yeah. Does this all relate back to Donna? Is this, like, this some wacky dark horse thing? They're just like, here's the plot point we need. Oh, Interesting. Can I just say also, Ryan, you've been sitting here very calmly talking about how people weaponize uh, gay male sexuality. and um, it's what I do. It's, I know, but it's like a thing. And you're being like very calm and generous with your time and your energy. And oh, thank you. I acknowledge that. I keep myself sane by making every theatrical production I work on a little gayer. Hooray. Exponentially, not just by my presence, <laughs> but like aggressively. Yeah. So that's what I'm wondering about this plot point. Is it all linking back to those videotapes that were mm. left on the stoops? Maybe, and I hope so, because that's a lot of meat to play with. Yeah. And, like, I've been kind of waiting in a good way. I've been waiting in a good way yeah. for that to tie together and grow. And with the the, the, the Charles and Chick thing mm-hmm. percolating in the background, there's there's some pieces that haven't come into play that I'm excited to see pop off. Yeah. And every new piece of info like this is at very least an offer that maybe maybe the big stuff's popping popping yeah. off soon. Yeah. That'd be cool. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Riverdale. There were definitely some sirens worked into that soundtrack. I don't know if you noticed that. Mm. Yeah, the first time through. Yeah. I caught it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So what how many episodes do we have left in this season? Oh, good question. I don't I don't have a clue. That's what this is, is like twelve. Um I know they filmed at least up to up to sixteen and seventeen. There's twenty some. Yeah, usually? there's usually twenty two. Yeah, we've got a little ways to go yet. We're not we're not 
in the thick of the thick of it. We're in the rising tension. We might not have even found their final form yet. Yeah. But there's only about, there's only four weeks in World for it to happen in. That's true. So, the, yes, this is episode 12. Mm-hmm. So, if there are 22 episodes in this season, there's 10 episodes left. Or 9 episodes left. Ten, No, 10. 10 episodes left. Okay. Which is interesting. Yeah. I feel like we're they're probably playing with all pieces on the table at this point. Interesting. But how are they, how and when are they going to play them? Yeah. Okay, this um yeah. this episode gave me something to chew on for next week. That's yeah. that's kind of how I that's my takeaway after the round two. Yeah. Lots of lots to munch on. I probably will not be here next week, Riverdale gang. Either oh yeah. Ryan will be solo, or he'll have a guest. Um, I'm going to be in LA visiting some dear close friends who are like family. Yes. So I will be back next week as usual, and uh, whatever that's going to be, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Back for some more Riverdale, gang. Thanks, y'all, and uh, tune in next week. Riverdale, we love you, even when we're mad about stuff. Bye. Bye.